Welcome to another episode of Emmy's Insight. It's your host, Emmy, and as always, there's been a little bit of a bit of a break since my last episode. I love podcasting, but this is just something I do on occasion when I have time. When I do finish uni next year, I'm hoping that I can make this definitely more like regular. But for now, I'm trying to just when I have the time and the passion and something I really want to talk about or dive into to just get out some content so that I can share it with you guys. So today's episode I've actually been meaning to do for a couple of weeks now. I mentioned in a vlog a few weeks ago, um, I think it was a vlog that I said low-key been thriving, like that was the title on my YouTube channel. I said, because I was explaining how much better life has been since recovering from my eating disorder, or at least doing so much better and getting a lot further in my recovery journey, how much better life has been um, and just so many little things that I noticed I used to do like disordered habits and behaviors that sometimes I think oh my gosh I can't believe I used to do that and it, life is so much better now that I'm not held by those reins almost like you if you know you know but some of the behaviors and habits and the compulsive and disordered things you do like you know it's so wrong but you just can't stop doing it because it's part of that mental illness and disorder um And then it's the whole recovery process that's all about breaking those habits. Anyway, in that video, I did mention that I might do a podcast if people were interested on some of my past like thoughts and behaviors and how much better things are now that I'm recovering and working through them. And honestly, I'm hesitant to use the word recovered because I know that is a it's a hard thing to define, but pretty much since I am in a way, way, way better place mentally and don't really have to fight these thoughts. So I did get quite a few messages from people who said, yes, this is a great idea. So I've been wanting to do this podcast where I talk about some of the old disordered patterns of thinking and behaviors I did when I had my eating disorder and why recovering is so worth it and just how much better life is and how much fuller life is without those behaviors, without those thoughts, without that weight on you. So I haven't recorded this yet because I've been kind of making notes about some of the habits I used to do, but sometimes I'll just randomly be like driving and I'll think of something that I used to do and I'll make a note of it. And I was like, I don't know when I'm going to like feel ready to make this because there's always something that I'll miss and something that I'll think of. So I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to make it. I also did ask you guys on my Instagram, what are some of the disordered behaviors and patterns that you used to do when you had either an eating disorder or disordered eating. I say those as two different things because an eating disorder is a diagnosable mental illness, whereas disordered eating is a pattern of behavior that's not necessarily a clinical diagnosis, um, but doesn't mean that they aren't, you know, the same. It doesn't mean they don't influence or affect a person in a very similar manner. And often someone with disordered eating just hasn't been formally diagnosed, but Anyway, that is what I'm going to dive into today. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of these are pretty obvious, just typical diet culture things that people do. And yeah, so like I'm just going to kind of talk through them. I'll probably think of things as we go. Um, I should also say a trigger warning. If you are triggered by this conversation and if discussing the kind of behaviors that someone with anorexia or an eating disorder does upsets you or triggers you, 
then this obviously is not the right time for you to listen to this podcast. So please click off this now. However, um, for those that do want to continue listening, I do want to make this positive. So even though I'm talking about, excuse my language, but fucked up things that I did when I had anorexia, I want to explain how now in retrospect, I can see why recovery is so insanely worth it. And just from experience, describe how much fuller and freer and better life is without these behaviors. So I've got like a little list. It's not really in any order, um, but I am just going to start reading through it and chatting through it. I'll probably think of some random memories. Like even off the top of my head, I can think of some, oh, oh, so I just had another flashback. Oh, okay. Let's, let's just get started. Okay. So the most obvious one, which is honestly like so universal with disordered eating is tracking calories. Now, I do want to say that some people don't have an eating disorder or disordered eating and they track calories. So this is a bit of a a gray area because for some people, they don't have any mental illness and tracking calories for them is important for their health. And maybe it's even important for them to get in enough nutrients or to make sure they're hitting a certain amount of um, macronutrients if they have a specific needs or a specific diet that they need to follow, whatever their situation is. However, in my personal case and in a lot of people's experiences, tracking calories comes out of a really negative and disordered place. So in the past, before I had an eating disorder and anorexia, I didn't, honestly, I really didn't know much about calories, but I obviously knew what foods were more nourishing. And I use the word healthy in a way that I mean, like foods that when you like, okay, I do want to say disclaimer, I think it is healthy to be balanced and have foods that are traditionally unhealthy in moderation, Um, particularly if you have disordered patterns and fears around eating quote-unquote not clean foods sorry to use that language around food because clean food is not clean or dirty there's no um what's the word there's no like emotion or feeling that should be attributed to food in that sense but um typical like healthy foods you know foods that are really nourishing for your body that provide your body with nutrients and nutrition and whole wholesomeness I don't know where I'm going with this I do know where I'm going with this but I'm being put on the spot, okay, by myself on a podcast, but (laughs) pretty much like I always ate healthy foods and didn't eat, you know, processed, refined foods, foods that typically are considered unhealthy because they might lead to, you know, diseases or cholesterol risk factors for other diseases, even though obviously in moderation, that's not going to happen. But yeah, since I was like probably about 15 or 14, I pretty much stopped eating junk food and it wasn't out of a place of fear for it it was out of a place of I wanted to make my body so nourished and so healthy and so like thriving especially while I was really really committed and starting my passion and my training with athletics so I just really wanted to do everything that was the best thing for my body so at that time like throughout high school I just ate what was healthy and I didn't know what calories were. So obviously some healthy foods are very calorie dense. For example, healthy fats because fats are more calorie dense than other macronutrients, protein and carbohydrates. So, you know, I ate so many nuts, um, avocado, peanut butter, and then I also ate lots and lots of carbs. I just ate a lot, honestly. I didn't know anything about calories and it worked for me. 
I was training a lot. My body would tell me when I was hungry, which was a lot, but I was eating what I needed. So I was in a very good place intuitive eating wise and it just worked for me. As I got to my later teens and I discovered, you know, health and fitness space on online, on Instagram, on YouTube, it was, you know, I was in year 12 in 2017, I was 17 and I started to discover, I think I did discover it before then, but I started to really get into it in that year and I discovered, do you know what, 2017 was a little bit of a more toxic time in the health and fitness space. I will say it was actually getting, starting to become more positive like it is now, but yeah, it wasn't as good as it is now, but it definitely was better than like 2012, 2013 when it was all like juice cleanse and like thigh gap Alexis Ren being like the most idolized body type. Whereas now it's, there's so much more body positivity and obviously being, being at peace, but also loving whatever your body size is at its healthiest. So obviously some people are bigger built than others and some people are smaller built than others. So when I first started getting into it, it was definitely a lot better than in the past, but it was still a little bit more toxic than it is today. So I discovered about this app called My Fitness Pal. That's what I discovered. And I discovered how, like what calories were and all of that, all of that jazz. And I never started tracking, but I remember one day at the end of year 12, I just thought, I'm going to track my calories for one day because I'm really curious. I've been watching these videos of these YouTubers explaining their calories and their macros. And I just want to know how many calories I'm eating. And this is when I had started to not eat enough and started to fall into my eating disorder, which is a long story in itself. We won't get into that in this episode. But on that day, I literally, I don't even know. I think tracking also made me eat less because yeah, it was a ridiculously small amount. I don't know if it would be triggering for me to say, so I just won't, but it was, oh, it was so little, the amount of calories that I consumed that day. And from that day, I remember I, it was just this thing in my, okay, I don't even know how to explain this. Basically after that day, I tracked every single day and would not let the calories be any more than that first day where it was already really low. So this is like all of most of 2018. It was obsessive and I got to a point where I literally couldn't eat without having already calculated the calories for the whole day and already knowing what the calories in a meal were. And it was just such a bad place. Like there was so much panic and stress around food and around eating. Oh, I remember every day like being worried about what mum was going to make for dinner the next day because obviously I was still like a teenager and my parents cooked dinner and like it wasn't yeah like I couldn't just decide and I knew that they would see that it was disordered and that something was wrong if I suddenly you know was like I'm not eating dinner with you and it's also disrespectful to my parents like if I suddenly was like no I'm not eating mum's cooking I knew that they would be like something's wrong and they could kind of already see as my weight was dropping a lot but um yeah, so I started to be so afraid of not knowing the calories and everything. And part of that was being so afraid of having dinner with my family because that was the one meal that I didn't control throughout the day. Breakfast, I made myself. Lunch, I made myself. And dinner, unless I cooked or someone else, you know, I went out with a friend or something, which again, that's just another social situations with food and like eating food out, like takeaway 
again like we'll get there but yeah I was just oh, I remember one day eating dinner with my family and I used to always go to my room and try and like estimate the calories and I would o- always overestimate just in case which means I was even eating even less it was so toxic and I remember one day going like I, I used to always ask my mom what every single ingredient in it was and she would get really annoyed at me um And I tried to like pretend it was like really casual and I didn't really care, but it was like so obvious that I was like panicking. I remember one time my mom made this chicken stir fry, literally brown rice, vegetables, chicken mince, stir fry. And I asked her what all the ingredients were in it. And one of the ingredients was this like soy sauce that we had. And I went and looked at the back of the soy sauce and it had like a trace of sugar in it. And I felt like throwing up. I remember feeling so nauseous. I'm literally like, Oh, like it's half laughable, like how silly my brain thought, but it's also just so sad. Oh, I remember feeling like throwing up and feeling so much guilt and I didn't actually throw up. I just felt nauseous and I was like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I ate that. I just had so much guilt and stress around that. And now I'm like shocked because that's obviously an extremely healthy and nourishing meal. And like, what? Like a little bit of sugar is besides the fact that it's negligent almost the amount it's also like your body needs sugar all carbohydrates are pretty much broken down into sugar when they're digested in the body which includes veggies and fruit anyway so tracking calories was pretty much the biggest one of the biggest things that was like toxic and holding me into this disordered pattern of into my eating disorder because I would make sure I tracked a really low amount and I couldn't eat without doing it and stopping tracking calories was one of the most like the biggest things in recovering and it took time and also after tracking for so long I would track in my head and calculate in my head which sometimes I won't lie I still do but I try to avoid it and it's obviously no I shouldn't say obviously but it has really gotten so much less of a habit less of a something I have to fight doing but yeah it was something I had to like wean away from for sure um I also did have extreme guilt to eat a certain amount of calories so that is another thing like I was held back into this really like terrible deficit um so I also I can't just keep listing all these terrible things I did I want to say why life is so much better moving away from that now I like I have a rough idea of what I'm eating but I know like even looking back in the past my body knows what it wants and even like lately if I like I used to kind of feel guilty as I was like recovering when I would be hungry and eat like sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and in the past oh this is another bad thing I did but let me also just get through this so then I can say some good things compared to that time Okay, when I was starved, I used to wake up in the night starving because my body was hungry, like I hadn't eaten enough throughout the day. And I used to stay up all night and just like look up pictures on Pinterest. I remember two of the things I looked up, which were fear foods because I was eating literally like such a ridiculously restrictive diet. One was I just wanted a piece of like Mavis peanut butter on wholemeal toast. I was, that's literally what I Googled. I would Google like peanut butter and banana on toast. Like I can't believe that was like, uh, so well that's one thing that's good now if I wake up hungry in the night I will eat because I know okay I mustn't have eaten enough my body is waking up hungry I'm, I need to go and eat and I, I want to sleep well and 
if I want peanut butter on toast, I'm going to have peanut butter on toast. And it's just such a freeing place to be in rather than being consumed by the thoughts and everything you do is like thinking about how hungry you are, how hungry you are when you can next eat, what you're allowed to eat, how many calories you're eating. There's no way to live your life. Like life is so short. What's the point of a long, sad life? You want a short, happy, fulfilling life where life is the main part of it, not food and fear of food. And anyway, so um, where was I going with this? Another thing I used to look up in the night was blue dinosaur bars because I didn't eat them because I had coconut oil in it. And I remember wanting a blue dinosaur bar, like a date health food bar. Oh, where was I going with this? So now let's look at some positives now that I've broken those. And let me, don't get me wrong. Like it wasn't as easy as like, I'm going to break this habit. I'm not going to do it. It took so much time. It took, you know, talking to a psychologist, talking to friends, like feeling so much guilt, so much panic and trying to break those habits. And eventually over time, realizing that they're broken and I don't have those thoughts or compulses anymore, but it took a lot of time. It wasn't just like, you know, okay, let's just break this habit today. It'll suck for like a day. It was a lot of work. Um, so now with like tracking calories, I am not held back by having to know exactly how many calories are in a meal. I know like some days you're probably going to eat a lot more than others and it all just like balances out. And I also know that if I'm getting more calories in than I'm main- than my maintenance calories, then that's good because that's going to help me continue recovering. Um, and I do have to often remind myself that it's okay. Like if I ever have bad thoughts, like sometimes if I do wake up hungry in the night and I feel bad to get up and eat in the night, I'll remind myself why I'm doing this. And I think, I think about, okay, there's two things lately that I've been thinking about. One is nationals. I'm like, okay, Perth nationals. Like I really want to be competing this season and being healthy. And I also think about, this is, <laughs> okay, these are both are really random, but um, so when I do get a period, I want to like get like a period cake. <laughs> By that, I just made a really pretty fancy cake that says like, congratulations on getting your period. And it's just like, take a cute picture. I'll like make a real out of it. Just like make it fun and have like a little party with my friends. So I think like period cake, like don't feel bad. Think about the period cake. <laughs> and then another thing is like, this is also kind of cringy. Cause like, obviously the most important things to me are like being healthy, being competitive and like being out there and racing this season. Um, but also um, another thing I think about is like, I want to make like a, a real, like a, like really inspiring, like motivational, like transformation reel. Anyway, so those are just little things that sometimes I'm like, don't feel bad. Think about that. <laughs> um, and then like, yeah, so with dinner as well, like I love my mom's cooking. I don't care if she uses olive oil in it or coconut milk. Like in the past, I was, I thought they're not clean enough in bunny ears, but I know that that's such a toxic way of thinking. And that this food is so delicious, but also nourishing. And I love having dinner with my family now. And it's not like a fear. Like if I ask my mom what's for dinner, it's because I'm like excited, not because I'm afraid. Um, yeah. So another thing I used to do was not listening to hunger. And I was actively under eating and I would be hungry often. And I would ignore it. And not, I knew it was there, but I would never listen to it in the sense that I never would feed myself like if I was hungry I would do things to distract myself or try and wait until the hunger passed rather than eat because hunger is a signal of your from your body saying you know it's time to eat you need to get energy in 
um, especially for someone who like intuitively up until the point of my eating disorder was in a really good place with my hunger cues were a sign that my body needed more nutrition because I understand that for some people you know they might be morbidly obese and they still experience hunger which obviously that's just a situation that's completely different but in my situation I was a healthy weight I was training a lot and competing um, you know in athletics and I was in school and when I got hungry, it, it happened when it was time to eat and my body needed nourishment and I would eat. Um, whereas obviously when I wasn't eating enough, I would be hungry a lot and I would ignore that. So that was another disordered thing, which I won't lie, in recovery has sometimes been hard. Like being, I, I've gotten the question, like, do you experience extreme hunger? And I don't really, I think I've had some days, but it's not really been a big thing I've experienced. But um, even sometimes, like, as I said, like getting hungry in the night, listening to that now, like the last, do you know what? I've had about three nights in the last week where I've woken up and it doesn't happen often. Like I go through phases, but I've woken up hungry in the middle of the night and I can't get back to sleep. And I know I don't want to be sleep deprived and running off three hours sleep the next day. I would rather get to sleep. And I also know, okay, if I haven't, if I'm waking up hungry, either I didn't eat enough today and I need more food or maybe sometimes I'm wondering if it's my body and it's like last ditch effort to like get period back because I have said before that I've I said recently I've started getting some signs of a period so I'm like maybe my body's just ramping up the hunger a bit to get a little bit extra energy to fuel that but anyway so lately I've gotten up and had a snack so I can get back to sleep like sometimes I'll have a protein shake sometimes I'll have wheat bix <laughs> some almond milk <laughs> Sometimes I'll have like corn thins with like almond butter, just like a rando snack that allows me to then get back to sleep. Um, And then I used to wake up in the past and feel so bad and like I have to eat less that day because I had a snack in the night. But now I'm like, no, that doesn't count because it was in the night. That's not today. That wasn't yesterday. That was just another day. (laughs) Like I don't think of it as a meal out of the day, like if that makes sense. Um, It's just so much more freeing being able to be hungry and eat and then forget about it and sleep rather than be consumed by it okay another oh another disordered thing I did was having to bulk up every meal I ate with veggies I would not eat a meal not one single meal or snack that I had would have would not have vegetables like low calorie vegetables and now like I'll have veggies with lunch and dinner, but even sometimes I'll only have veggies with dinner. Like I always get five serves of veggies a day, but I'm not obsessed with like always having to predominantly only eat vegetables. Um, and I love veggies, but like if I go a meal or two or three that doesn't include vegetables, like I genuinely don't care. And I know like some days are going to be so veggie and nutrient dense and some aren't and I really don't care. In the past, I, ah, it was so bad. Like I, even my oats, I had to make zucchini oats to make it more zucchini than oats. So it was lower calorie. And oh, there's also some research that eating too much fiber and too many veggies will inhibit getting a period back. So I did listen to a podcast once on that, um, but it didn't stop me. But now I'm like, veggies are great and nourishing and important. But if you're trying to get in more calories and gain weight, veggies aren't substantial enough um so I never have veggies with brekkie anymore I mean unless it's like a unless I go out for brekkie and it's like you know at a restaurant like a bowl like freaking love like a nourished bowl with like some 
fritters and falafels and like or like avo toast like love that and like if I do on the occasion have like a savory brekkie then I'll have some veggies but for the most part I'm a sweet brekkie gal and oats and veggies don't have to go together so I replaced the zucchini in my oats with more oats and it's so much better (laughs) so yeah I remember like having have like a salad for lunch like that is not substantial I'm sorry, especially if it's like a salad of vegetables, like with some protein. Carbohydrates are beautiful and falling back in love with the carbohydrates because they do wonders for me. Like I was always someone who thrived from high carbs. Like I know some people and it's an, this is another disorder thing. Some people convince themselves that like, oh, they're gluten intolerant or like it makes them feel uh, or ick. And it's it's sometimes just they're convincing themselves that because of diet culture and of course for some people it does make them feel bad they are gluten intolerant they do have celiac disease but like if I look back I can't pretend to convince myself that eating toast with avocado makes me feel crap like I used to eat that and then feel so good and go race and run awesome times so I know that for me carbohydrates make me feel great and I love that for me. So that's another old ED thing that I don't do anymore, which is bulking everything up with vegetables. And it's great. Like today I had oats for brekkie. I mixed in some protein powder, added heaps of fruit, banana, almond butter, almond butter, and it was delicious. And it would have, yeah, zucchini was not relevant in that meal. And I love that. Oh my gosh, memory, memory. I remember one time, I went to make my oats for brekkie and we had no zucchini in the fridge and I was so hungry and wanted breakfast, but I literally was so afraid to eat my oats without having zucchini in it. So I was like panicking. I drove to the shops and bought zucchini and then drove back home to make my breakfast. I just, no. Anyway, thank God that's a past behavior that we've moved away from. Okay, another disordered trait I had was like not being able to eat at certain times and always having to push my meals as late as possible. So um, mostly this one was with brekkie. Like I would – and because I was so influenced by people that would like harp on about intermittent fasting and like how, you know, it's the bee's knees and it's so much better for your health and so unhealthy not to intermittent fast and – Oh, especially for someone growing, intermittent fasting. Look, it can obviously work for some people. Often people who struggle with um, their weight being overweight, intermittent fasting stops them from eating too much because they're not eating for a big of a window if they're only eating in a certain amount of hours. But for a lot of people, it's not great. Like they're going such a long time without eating, especially for an athlete, any athlete. Like when your body goes such a long period of not eating, you, you start to break down muscle protein like muscle tissue and protein which is not ideal it's not ideal and eating regularly helps to regulate blood sugar helps to keep a constant level of not switching energy systems like in your body not going down into fat and protein mobilization to break down those tissues anyway so I used to feel so much stress if I ate brekkie before 10 and I used to always have to have brekkie at 10 lunch at 2 and dinner at 6 four hours in between so I would avoid having to have a snack avoid any more calories and just eat as little as I could and then still like go to bed at night and be able to sleep even though I'd not really eaten much I was so scared to like eat too much in the morning and then get to the night and be so hungry and like oh it was so toxic like now 
if I'm hungry earlier, I'll eat earlier. And like, this was such a hard trait to break. And then like, when I started working as a PT and had to get up so early sometimes, and it was even more stressful to eat at such early time, I would feel so bad. But then I'd slowly just, you know, my dietitian would say like, have an up and go or something at 4.30 on the way to work, 4.30 a.m. And sometimes you just don't want to eat at that time. But honestly, sometimes I would be hungry at that time. And I knew I was about to be on my feet working for hours and hours. And yeah, so slowly I've been able to break that fear of eating at certain times um, and having to like avoid eating as well, like push back eating. Because um, that's just, I know like sci- scientifically, biologically, it's not good for my body but mentally as well I'm like I know now like I'd rather feel happy and fueled throughout the day I do notice I used to feel so much sadder when I hadn't eaten enough um and it also does affect your hunger later on in the night if you've not eaten enough throughout the day but anyway so that's another trait that's like a lot better oh I have on this list saying not being able to eat my mom's cooking but kind of went through that one already I did also say, did I say, okay, when it, I, I have a note that says having to weigh everything I ate to the gram. So this ties in with the tracking calories. But when I got to the point of not being able to know the exact amount of calories in every meal, I mean like the exact, I used to use our kitchen scale and had to weigh everything out before I ate it. Like I couldn't, I weighed out my oats, I weighed out my protein powder, I weighed out the peanut butter I put on my oats, I weighed out the amount of freaking broccoli that I had I weighed out vegetables as well um so that I could be accurate on my fitness pal and it was just so toxic like I remember waiting till so late at night to have dinner after my family ate because I didn't want them to see me weighing the food out because I knew it was disordered and now like I will fill up my plate and eat as much as I want and I'll go for seconds and I'll go for thirds and I won't have to weigh it all out and I just know that my body needs fuel and I want to eat and it's so much freeing and healthier another toxic thing I did was filling up with water oh I remember like being so hungry and just sculling water I remember being at training and being starving and literally sculling a liter of water to try and fill me up and distract me and like stop my hunger and now like that's so fucked but now if I'm hungry at training I'll be like I need food because I want to train and I need fuel to train and I cannot feel hungry at training like I remember some of my training partners saying they'd rather train hungry than full because like you don't want to feel like throwing up but and maybe I would have thought that when I was younger but after like my eating disorder and being like an athlete with an eating disorder I know like PTSD I'm not I can't like I would rather be full and like run and like feel my food come up because I'm so full then be hungry at training because I know that was so bad like having the energy that's another thing because I filled up with water rather than actual energy I would be so flat and exhausted and fatigued at training and I ran terribly so that's something that's so much better now that I don't do that oh my gosh another thing I wrote was I literally wouldn't even eat drink tea if it wasn't healthy enough in quotations so I had an obsession with tea I still love tea um I love it it's beautiful I think in the past I did love it as well because it was like a low calorie way to like be consuming something which is obviously disordered but I do love a good tea even before my eating disorder I used to like when I got up for school in year 12 before my eating disorder I used to always rotate between having toast or oats for brekkie um and I would always make a tea and I would always have about five minutes to get ready so 
I would leave the tea there because I it never got cold enough to drink. And my mum used to get mad at me for like wasting tea bags. But I was like, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, so I used to have this disordered pattern, this disordered behavior where I couldn't drink tea if it wasn't healthy enough. And by that, I mean like from T2, I loved the T2 teas. But sometimes I would have like a little bit of coconut or a little bit of sugar in it as like a trace ingredient. And I literally wouldn't drink it when it's literally tea leaves. It still had no calories to it. And it's just ridiculous. But now I actually bought a tea recently. You would have seen in one of my vlogs, I got like the banana fritters tea, had a bit of sugar in it, had a bit of, I don't remember the ingredients because it's not relevant. And it was tasty. It was a good tea. Still got it. Um, And it's not scary for me to drink either. Um, okay, so there are some behaviors here that aren't so much like eating disorder behaviors, but they're related like having to over exercise. And I say exercise rather than train because it got to the point where it wasn't even training. And even having to like train myself into the ground to be able to eat a decent amount. Like if I had a rest day, I would feel so guilty to eat, which is ridiculous because your body still uses a lot of energy and still uses calories and needs it every day regardless of if you have a rest day if you're training um oh another thing was doing everything I could to avoid social settings and going out for food and this one oh this is one of the best things after an eating disorder I love going out for dinner with friends or for brunch like I'm a brunch slut I'm sorry that was not the word I wanted to use but it was the first one that came to my head I I love going out for brunch with friends it's just so tasty and it's also so fun to catch up with your friends over like food and I love going out to socialize over food and I don't feel so much panic or stress about it now I get excited as you can tell in the past when I was in my worst place I would oh I barely would eat anywhere because I had to know every ingredient so I would eat at like a poke bowl place where you can pick what you get and I freaking love poke bowl to this day. Don't get me wrong. Love a good poke bowl. But I was so afraid of eating any food that, you know, had sauce. I didn't know what every ingredient was that looked like it was a very high calories that, yeah, like, and I would avoid everything I could to go out. I barely went out and did anything fun in that year when I was at my worst, 2018. Good for the bank, but not good for life or the soul. Um, and I remember specifically, like, this one's... Ugh, it was my grandpa's like 89th birthday or something. And my mom was like, we're booking this Indian restaurant they love. And Indian food was like so terrifying. Actually, why am I even saying that? Every food was terrifying. Thai, Indian, Mexican, every cuisine except like salads. Like what even cuisine is salads? And because my parents love this Indian restaurant they always go to near us. And I remember being so afraid to go and I did everything I could to like avoid it and I felt so guilty I was like am I a really bad person because it's my grandpa's 89th birthday um and I really want to avoid going but I was so afraid and felt so much panic over the thought of having to go out with my family to that restaurant and oh I remember trying to avoid coming home from work I worked at this shitty little retail store in the city and I freaking hated being there but I didn't want to leave because yeah I tried to work as late as possible but like yeah and I remember getting to the dinner so late because I avoided it and then I remember another time packing brown rice because I was so afraid that a restaurant would only have white rice what like now I'm like yeah I love brown rice but white rice is also great 
So like now life is so much better, like getting excited to go out, not having the stress and not having fear over the foods you're eating. And also knowing it's like an occasion, like it's so good to experience different foods and taste different foods. And it's good to have that variety in your diet. Oh, another thing that I haven't made a note of, but I thought of um, just now is when I said variety, fear foods, like foods that I was so afraid of. And as I said before, they started with foods that were still whole foods and still healthy, like peanut butter and banana on toast. And even my mom's cooking, when those stop being fear foods, I also have, if you've seen some of my YouTube and other um, episodes, I had to make actual junk foods become normal and not fears anymore. And also other foods and food groups that I had restricted. So one of those is dairy. Now, I still don't know how I feel about the dairy industry and dairy in general, but I'm not like more like it's not the end of the world and it doesn't make me feel awful mentally if I have it. And like I've been having some of the Muscle Nation whey protein for the last couple of months and I think they definitely help with my muscle um, recovery and muscle protein synthesis. But also it's not a fear for me to have like it's a good snack for me having a protein shake that's got dairy in it in the past having dairy or like even at one point gluten when I was watching some like paleo dairy free gluten free dairy and gluten is evil and toxic um, and will kill you influencer types I got so afraid of those foods I remember I stopped having dairy in like 2015 2016 and I was like convinced that I felt so much better without it and it like made my skin great like I didn't even have bad skin before that so I don't know why no, I do know why. It was because I was like so influenced by this diet culture narrative. And there are just, yeah, so there are some like dairy foods. They're mostly like protein supplements or like protein bars that have whey in it that I would feel like I would not touch over my dead body. I would not touch. It would cause so much panic. It would cause so much. I feel nauseous over the thought of it. Not actually nauseous like from being sick from the food, but from the fear of it. So like food groups, not being restricted to food groups is another big one. Um, I get chef good deliveries and sometimes I have cheese in it. And in the past, I would not touch cheese. This is the first year since I was like 17. I'm now 22 that I have had a little bit of cheese. I'm not the biggest fan, but I also don't hate it. And I can eat meals that have it like Parmesan. And it's, yeah, it's not the, I can't believe like it would cause me like so much panic Whereas now I know like nothing is going to happen from one meal and that variety is great for your body. Like having a bit of dairy isn't going to make you break out, isn't going to make you gain weight, isn't going to do anything to your body. If anything, I feel like it's made my muscle growth better. Like I remember in like the second year of uni, we did this subject called muscle mechanics. I actually really like that subject. And there were some papers we had to research and I remember this. I actually think thought about this a lot when I was like challenged to have a dairy fear food by my psych. I remember thinking about this study because the study was they literally did like an eight or ten week and there was quite a few similar ones. Training program and they had like a placebo group who had a carbohydrate drink. They had a soy milk drink group and then I had a whey, whey protein drink group. So like a milk based group. And the group that had the whey protein had so much more muscle development and growth than the soy group and the carb group. And the soy group had more than the carb group because it had some source of protein. But um, yeah, the whey protein is in most studies outstanding from other proteins 
in building muscle. And I remember thinking about that a lot when I was challenging it. Um, and I guess after a few months of having like whey protein shakes and my body, like just honestly body composition, probably getting better because I'm building more muscle and nothing else changing besides like my mental state, not being afraid of it. Like I realized, wow, like it's not so intense and it's such a big deal like it is in your head. Honestly, I've already been talking for 40 minutes and there's still so many more things I can think of, like disordered things that I did. It's insane. Ugh. Basically, if I like just sum up everything, this in itself should be like just this experience and the change since having these disordered patterns is it just shows how and why recovery is so worth it. Like now I enjoy life so much more. My life is not consumed by food or restriction, particularly restriction. Because when you're starving yourself and you're restricting and you don't eat certain foods and you eat a very limited amount of foods and you have specific times of the day that you eat and you're so afraid to eat a certain amount, life is kind of crap. Like you're not happy anymore. Now I feel so much more happy and I feel like I'm living life more and I want to live life more. Like I feel excited for the day. I feel happy. My neutral state is neutral rather than empty and sad. And my mood is a lot better. Like I go to work and realize I've had fun the whole time. I don't feel empty and lost and sad constantly. And I don't think about food all the time. Like I'm doing whatever it is in life. I'm at work all day or I'm at uni or I'm with my friends or I'm at training or I'm going out with friends, going shopping, whatever it is, editing a video. And I'm not thinking about food. I'm so, you know, consumed with whatever it is that I'm doing. If it's like a reel that I'm making, if I'm writing an ebook, like I'm excited and thinking about those, having ideas, writing up workouts. And in the past, I would just be hungry and empty and yeah, like, it's just so much more, it's just so worth it. Life is so much more important than restricting or your eating disorder or the anorexic body that you're scared to leave because that was the main reason I struggled so much with breaking my eating disorder because I was, it was body image and that's still something I work on but I just think of all the more important things and at the same time, I, you know, do the things to work on loving my body at a strong and healthy size rather than a malnourished size. And one of those things as well is not following people who are clearly malnourished. Like there's a lot of models who clearly, you know, are underweight and that could be really triggering for a lot of people. Seeing these people that are epitomized as beautiful and often sometimes as really healthy, you know, like what I eat in a day as a model where it's, you know, the calories that are in a deficit for them and it's obviously not a healthy place. Don't follow people that make you feel like that. Anyway, I could literally talk about this topic forever. So what I'm going to do now before we wrap up is read some of the replies I got to my Instagram story where I asked you guys or, you know, I say you guys, but not everyone here will follow me on Instagram. I asked my followers to send in some of the disordered things they used to do and why recovery is so worth it and what did I say damn it I just tapped through all my stories so I've been a bit annoying on my Instagram today it do be like that um all right so I said 
Anyone who's recovered from an ED or undiagnosed disordered eating, what are some disordered behaviors that you once did that you broke the habit of and how has this made your life better? All right, so let's just have a little squeeze through some of these. Um, okay, well, a good thing is someone said that they don't overthink and waste time on unimportant things like constantly thinking food, which obviously I was just saying about, definitely relate to that one. Someone said using different plates and bowls and cutlery, etc. I actually can so relate to this. I remember like having to have my oats in a specific bowl and with a specific spoon. Whereas now, like I will just eat with whatever I really don't care. Um, and it shouldn't be something that you care about. Um, and a good thing is that they notice how many more things they can do and new skills they can learn and just trying new foods with their friends and enjoying life. Another one, another positive that someone's experienced is better muscle recovery, which I definitely can relate to. I do feel that actually. Okay. Someone said founding, or they found that eating the foods they were most scared of regularly helped with binges. So that's a big one. Often people who have binge eating disorder will binge on forbidden or restricted foods because their body's not allowed to have it. So when there's access to it, they just go crazy because they know it's going to be not allowed or taken away from them on a, at another point in time. Whereas if you just have a little bit of something in balance or a little bit of fear food or you know regularly and still keep it within a decent and normal amount of food, your maintenance calories, if you're someone who just needs to maintain their weight, then it's not going to make you have an obsession over that or later potentially binge on that. Um, another said also shifting the focus from food equals weight gain to food equals power, which equals wins. I love that. That's another thing I often think about. Like when my brain's thinking more food is going to be like weight gain. I think I often, as I was saying before, try to think of what it is rather than weight gain. Like it is being strong. It is being athletic. It is being healthy and nourished and recovered. Someone said, I used to create the perfect setup watching a long YouTube video while I ate any meal. I, okay, I can relate, but I also can relate in a non-disordered way. Like sometimes I used to do this when I was in an eating disorder. I would hate to have like, like when I got home late from work or training, I didn't want anyone else in the room. I wanted to have my kitchen to myself and like watch the right video start eating at the right time and if my dad was like sitting on the computer in the room I'd kind of be like I would never tell him to leave but I'd kind of be like annoyed about it and avoid eating it was so toxic and I don't know why I had to have like the perfect environment but now like I honestly don't care like I'll eat in the car on the way in between shifts if I've had a super busy day I'll quickly eat something it doesn't have to be like the most enjoyable meal ever and if I get home late from training I'm so chill to like chat to my parents while I have dinner. Like it doesn't have to be some ideal setup, but I also do sometimes like watching a video, like I pick an episode to have my dinner to when I'm home alone, but I can so say that, you know, it could be in a disordered way. Someone said checking how much others are and to make me feel better. So I'm guessing I said checking how much others are eating to make themselves feel better. Again, like that one's a hard one, especially when a lot of people and I've noticed it's disordered patterns of eating is so, so common. And it's so hard because humans need to eat to survive. So it's so hard that it's something that people struggle with. But yeah, that's another one that you just have to work on understanding that you are so unique and every you cannot compare yourself to anybody else. And you don't know what they do for the rest of the week or the rest of the day. Okay, someone said eating at set times, lol, if I wanted to go out for brekkie before 10. If someone wanted to go brekkie before 10, I would 
cowboy emoji, gun emoji. <laughs> yep, I feel you. I would delay eating as late as possible and would feel so much stress if it was before a certain time. But now, like, someone wants to go out to eat before 10. I'm like, hell yeah, where are we going? Um, so someone says it's made life so much more easy and enjoyable going to eat out with oh it's made it so much more enjoyable and easy going out to eat with their partner totally relate to both it being easier and enjoyable there's no panic but it's rather excitement not that I have a partner but with like family or friends someone said that they would get super self-conscious eating in front of people at school because of their perception of their predetermined predetermined perception of them and the eating I've never experienced being afraid to eat in front of people so much, but I so I understand that this is actually quite a common trait with disorder patterns of eating. Um, yeah, so being able to just like eat freely in a social situation and not give a fuck about what people think of you would be such a win. Less stress and anxiety racing around your head every time you eat. Yes, massive one. Like just being able to eat and move on with your life rather than thinking all the thoughts and having so much stress around it. Being a happier person in general and having energy to laugh and not be moody. Yes, like my mood is just better in general. Like I used to always be a happy kid. And then the time, the year of my, like when I was struggling with anorexia, I was, I don't even think I was happy ever in that year. I was never happy. My mood was just low. It was depressed. Whereas now my mood is so much better. Woo, we love that. Um, weighing myself multiple times a day. Um, and planning their food well in advance with calories. Yes, both of these are big ones. I didn't weigh myself multiple times a day, but I would do it most mornings. And I would do it to see if like, you know, had I gained weight, am I getting better? Because I was always like trying to recover. But I remember subconsciously being like relieved when it had gone down or not gone up. And the other week when I, oh, if you see my recent YouTube video, I say recent YouTube video, but I'm literally posting it next Sunday. So stay tuned. <laughs> what date would that be? Today's the 9th, so 16th. No, it's Saturday today, so 17th. Um, I had a weigh in my dietitian and I was so ecstatic with the result. So like my mindset around that has definitely changed because I want to be getting better and like, yeah. Someone said being afraid of any fluids, including water. Interesting. Everyone's different. I remember being the opposite. Like I just, oh, actually, no, I was afraid of calorie fluids, like fluids that had nutrition and calories, whereas fluids that, were free of calories were like you know an eating a disordered uh, eating disorder victims best friend because they try to fill up on them toxic i know all right the last two negative ones that they used to do and then we'll finish with a few positive ones before i wrap up someone said um a habit they couldn't would they a habit of if they couldn't find the brand they would always eat then they would never buy an alternate. I can so like, yeah, I get that. I get that. Like, whereas now, like when you're recovered, if you can't find the right brand, then you're like, let's try something different. Like it doesn't have to be like, there's not one like only acceptable option and change and trying new things is the best. And then someone said they ate cereal with a fork to drain the milk out. But now they know that post cocoa pops milk is too yummy to neglect. Love that. Love that. Um, some other positives are um, have not being cold 24-7 and actually having the energy to socialize. Um, still enjoying fitness and tracking that comes with it, but living a life with balance um, and that their life is so much better and they have no regrets recovering from anorexia nervosa. 
So yeah, I think just the overall consensus is post like eating disorder or post recovery or just during recovery, all of these really negative and toxic habits and behaviors, they're so hard to break. But truly, when you do break them, even though they're so scary, the thought of breaking them, when you do break them, life is so so much better there is so much more passion and so much more purpose to life so yeah I hope that this is encouraging to break whatever habit it is that you know is disordered but you know you do it or you struggle with stopping and you do it anyway so I know it can be hard especially when a lot of people you're around might do disordered things because you don't have to have an eating disorder or disordered eating to do disordered things sometimes like people that go long periods without eating and you know it's girls that go out to drink you know that night with friends and they purposely like under eat throughout the day or have one single meal or don't eat throughout the day because they're going out drinking that's toxic and it's so hard to be around friends that do that but you just have to remember your own journey your own recovery and why would you want to be in a rough place just because someone else did something disordered like sometimes I try to use it as motivation and passion to be that healthier person to be the person that you want to be like rather than feeling triggered by other people's disordered behaviors try and feel empowered to show what you you know to show a healthy behavior or someone with a healthy relationship with food like be that person that you want to be rather than be triggered by the people around you if that makes sense all right let's finish with a quote so I feel like I no I don't think I've used this quote before but I feel like it fits for this podcast So this episode's quote is, don't wait for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy your life. This could relate to lots of different contexts, but I think for this one, you don't have to wait for things to be perfect. There's not ever going to be a right time to start recovering or to start breaking a disordered habit or behavior. It's never going to feel like the right time. So you just have to start. So that is all for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Please let me know if you did. Send me a DM, comment on the Instagram and feel free to shoot through podcast episodes that you would like to hear me chat about because I do love making them. And even though I don't always have the time, like when I find the time and if I'm passionate about something, I'm going to, I need to, need to speak those thoughts. So thanks so much for listening and I hope you join me in the next one. Bye.